everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Poppin' Off about pop culture. I'm your host, Maggie. And it's me, Steven. Before we get into the episode, I really need to like, get something off my chest. And <laughs> that is the fact that I watched My Policeman this week. Guys, he's 0 for 2. <laughs> he is 0 for 2. Redacted is 0 for 2. <laughs> Yikes. Remember when you said he was getting Oscar buzz for My Policeman? And I was like, who said it, though? From That's who? true. From I the mean, Harry stands or from actual <laughs> critics? Because everything I heard was, like, bad. And you're like, well, I think it's Oscar buzz. I'm like, mm, mm. Because this was supposed to be, like, a really... Like, the whole movie was supposed to be getting Oscar buzz. And in general, the movie just, like, isn't good. It's really not good. It's very much, like, we've seen it before. Like, there was um, actually a scene in there. And I don't know if it was just to, like, pay homage to Brokeback Mountain or whatever. But it was, like, pretty much the same exact scene when Michelle Williams' character um, sees Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, like, making out outside of their apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, like, almost the same exact scene. Right. I mean, I haven't seen this movie yet, but from the trailers, it looks like the same movie as Brokeback Mountain. Except instead of ranchers, they're policemen. (laughs) Or he's a policeman. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, pretty much the same. It's definitely the same premise. I think it even takes place around the same time. This was, like, mid to late 50s. And then I think Brokeback Mountain is like late. Well, it's it's over a long span of time, but whatever. Um, anyways, not good. I feel like though it was probably a really good book. Cause I can definitely see like how it would be a good book, but just like the way things like it felt like nothing happened until the last half hour. Yeah, and Harry is just like he's very one note. Like the whole it like it sounds like he's reading from a script. Oh, baby, this isn't the rehearsal. <laughs> That's what I'm, I know. It's, I was just like, I feel like I'm watching an eighth grade school play right now. That's really what oh, it felt like. Yikes. Yeah, I still haven't seen either. Don't Worry Darling's on HBO now, I think, or it's on something yeah. that I have. So, and then obviously My Policeman's on Amazon. So, like, every time I log in, I'm like, do I want to do it today? And the answer has been no. <laughs> You're really not missing out on a lot, to be honest. Um, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Don't Worry, Darling, because even though Harry wasn't great in it, I think everyone else's acting was really good. And the movie was like decent. This one, the movie like wasn't even my police <laughs> in the movie like wasn't even good. So, OK, good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts. I really just had to like talk to someone about it. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the actual episode. And we're going to start with talking about Chris Evans being people's sexiest man alive. And it's kind of like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised it took this long. Right. Yeah, I think last year we're like, why isn't it Chris Evans? And it is. So here we are. (laughs) Here we are again. Um, Yeah, because last year was Paul Rudd. Which I know that a lot of people out there love Paul Rudd. think he's like super cool, super hot. Um, I think he's like probably a really great guy. But as far as like physical attractiveness, just like not really my type. I don't really see him as like the sexiest man alive. Because we're going off looks here, not personality. Right. Well, (laughs) I think it's a combo. 
I think it is a combo too. Because Chris Evans is also sexier because of his personality. I don't really know a lot about him, to be honest. That's fair. Um, I just feel like they choose people at random times. Like this is like this year is not the sexiest that Chris Evans has ever been. He's still very sexy. And like Paul Rudd, why didn't you pick Paul Rudd like 10 years prior? That's at true. the peak of his game. Like I, I feel can like see if, it then. Like we're we should be picking like them at their peak sexiness. Mm-hmm. And people just does not capture that. Not that Chris Evans is like ugly or anything, but I don't know. Like a couple years ago, he was looking even better to me. Mm-hmm. It's all subjective, but I feel like they never get the right years. It's like, okay, but like what about three years ago? He was hotter. Hmm. I don't know. I thought he was looking pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah. But like 2012 Chris Evans, that was peak. That's true. I, yeah, I agree. I just, every time though, people like a new people's sexiest man alive is named. People are always like, wow, remember that one year when we when they named it Blake Shellen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of try to forget about it because that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and then John Legend, I mean also didn't make sense. John mm-hmm. Legend is not sexy. No. He is handsome. <laughs> he's a good looking man. But he's as far not. As who thinks he's sexy? Besides mm-hmm. Chrissy Teigen, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't name yeah. a single person. They actually. were just going off for uh they were just going off of the judges of the voice because Adam Levine won it, then Blake Shelton, then John Legend. That's true. And they were all like very close to each other. Yeah. So <laughs> who else is on there? Nick Jonas is next, I guess. Probably. He's probably up soon. You know, um, I mean it wouldn't be a bad choice. I don't think. Eh. I don't know. Um Who's your next prediction for Sexiest Man Alive? Ooh. I think Nick Jonas is a solid choice. Um, What other men do I know? (laughs) I know. Oh, maybe like Jason Momoa or something. That he could totally win it. Yeah. like Not for me, but people are feral for that man. Women between the ages of like 35 to 50 love Jason Momoa. Yeah. I I remember when him and Lisa Bonet broke up mm-hmm. and because he, he has family that lives in Ferndale. So oh. I, they were talking about it on the radio. People were calling in like, oh my God, is Jason Momoa going to be in town? Oh my God, I'm going to get with him. I'm like, all right, let's calm down. <laughs> he just got divorced from his wife. Yeah. I don't think he's looking for a rebound in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, in Metro Detroit, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's good on that. I'm pretty sure his rebound was Kate Beckinsale, so do what you will with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's God. a good call. He he probably will be next. Yeah, he's definitely within, like, the next three years, I would say. Because right now he's, like, at his peak, I would say. But we just discussed so. that people does not... Ch- does not choose people at their peak. So you gotta right. give it a few years. <laughs> yeah. I cannot think of another sexy man. My brain is just blank. Um because Michael B. Jordan already won it, right? Or not won it, but <laughs> I think they already did I, Michael B. Jordan. I think so, which is also a really solid choice. That guy is 
yeah no arguments hot. yeah <laughs> um I cannot think of another man <laughs> um you know like a lot of men that people think are sexy I don't really because I have a very particular taste in men <laughs> um I'm trying to think of like like older not older but like men that are like in their like their 40s ish that's what they always go for like yeah. late 30s early 40s typically because like like people like Tom Holland that people are age thirst over like he's not going to mm-hmm. win sexiest man alive like people don't see him as a man <laughs> right people are age so. don't usually read people anyways exactly so I don't know I'm sticking with Jason Momoa yeah that is the best guess I think you could think of mm-hmm. that, yeah we're gonna go with that okay. I, I don't <laughs> have I don't have another thought in my head so I'm stealing yours <laughs> <laughs> okay great <laughs> Okay, let's move on to Jennifer Aniston, who was on Allura's last cover before they go completely digital. Pretty sure that's what it was. Um, Yeah, it was like something big with Allura. And the photo shoot was, I thought like 90% of it was really great. Um, I thought it was like really cool, really fresh, like not normally something that Jennifer Aniston would do. But still really like them there was just like a few like different poses and like outfits she was wearing or not wearing like I wasn't really into like the long extensions covering her boobs and she was like you know just had pants on or like the the black dress that had like really big dips on the sides wasn't into it yeah I we're on the same exact page like most of it was good, but the actual cover itself, eh. And then the yeah, the one with the dips on the side. It just like it wasn't her. It looked like that was like a J Lo outfit in a J Lo shoot. That's true. Yeah. It's like it's not like it was ugly. It just was not perfect. It just was not her. Right. And then yeah, that cover with the little I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it looked like bra a really thingy. really yeah like String. a really small coconut bra I don't know I also yeah. didn't like that I don't know if I would like that on anyone though so yeah it had to be like a very particular model I think but um, it doesn't feel like an it doesn't feel like an album or an album a magazine cover to me yeah like it I could be know. like on a runway maybe or in a spread mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like a cover right I agree and Jennifer Aniston did make some comments about how she feels that like movie stars don't exist anymore like glamour doesn't exist oh Oscar parties used to be so much fun and it makes me so sad like I hate social media blah 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 um I actually have a lot of thoughts on this one Jennifer (laughs) Jennifer Aniston just sounds like an old lady saying this I mean she's in her 50s it's like yeah they're probably not as fun anymore because the people that are going to these parties are 20 years younger than you, maybe more, who are going out to these parties and making a name for themselves. You were in their shoes at one point, and I'm sure the older generation before you thought the same thing. Two, people are just not as conservative as they were when Jennifer Aniston was an up-and-coming movie star. Like, we're just, I mean, is is the Oscars still more of a conservative award ceremony? Yes, but it's not, you know, like 
gloves up to your elbows and it's not all like, you know, dresses that are high necked and like these big ball gowns. It's just not like that anymore. Right. Three, just because social media exists doesn't mean that movie stars don't exist because we have people like Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie, like the list could go on and on. And these people are not on social media, really. Like they don't have a presence on like TikTok or like Instagram, the way an Instagram model would. Like they're actually just trying to make a name for themselves as just these movie stars. And I think they're doing a really great job. This is just like the, this is our generation's movie stars. So that's, that's really, Jennifer Aniston just all in all sounded like an old lady to me saying that. I totally agree. And she sound she was acting like a washed up old performer. And like, I'm not going to say she's washed up, but that's what she's acting like. Um, And Jennifer Aniston was like, never really a movie star. (laughs) She was a TV star. Yeah, she'd been in a lot of movies, but she was not like a movie star. Anybody who talks about Jennifer Aniston, you think about Friends. Mm -hmm. and it's just like I feel like she's just annoyed that it's not all about her anymore she's not going to these events with a big high profile man on her arm the attention's not on her like no like people aren't looking towards her at these events anymore and I feel like that's why she's doesn't like it and she's probably bought her too because a couple years ago she was trying so hard to get an Oscar nomination for that movie Cake I don't know if you remember it. I have never seen a person campaign more. <laughs> I have never seen the movie, but I can picture like the movie poster in my mind. Yeah. I have no idea what it's about. Same. But, I, but all I remember is, yeah, her campaigning so hard to get that Oscar nom. I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe, but not an Oscar. And yeah, she was at every interview, every red carpet trying so, so hard. And so she's just jealous. <laughs> yeah, that's like really what it boils down to. So like to answer Jennifer Anderson's question, do movie stars still exist? Yes, absolutely. Just not the way you remember it. Right. And it's so silly to me because like people older than her are going to be like, would probably said the same thing that's, yeah, about, that's her, about her generation of actors and actresses. Like the real movie star doesn't exist. Like, Angela Lansbury and like Julie Andrews and things, you know what I mean? Yes, but like that's the classic we... men of Hollywood don't exist. Right. We adapt. <laughs> right. Like that's why we call it old Hollywood glamour because it's old Hollywood. Like people change, times change, trends change, things just change. And that's just how it is. Like it would be so boring if it has stayed the same way as it was when fucking Gone with the Wind was nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, exactly. it would be so boring. It would be watching the same show year after year, seeing Mm -hmm. the same outfits, the same kinds of actors and actresses. Like, let's just adapt. Let's make it fresh, make it new. Sorry if it's not up your alley, but then it's like, you know what? You just don't watch it. You don't go. You find other events to go to and to watch. That's just how it is. Pretty much. (laughs) Great. Glad we're on the same page. Because I actually, that sentiment actually really made me, got me passionate, got me fired up. (laughs) Because I feel like, yeah, especially because like 
Yeah, I got really irritated by it too because I feel like now more than ever we're going back to there being movie stars. That's what I think too. And it's like it's like all these like TikTok people and social media personalities, they will never be actual movie stars unless yeah, they I'm not talking step, about them. Yeah. No, unless they like step away from that social media presence. We're talking about people like I said, like Florence Pugh, who is already two time oscar nominated one time oscar nominated i believe for her i think just once okay for a little women right yeah yeah so yeah i'm talking about these people who actually like want to be in the industry and make a name for themselves that is long lasting i'm not talking about fucking anderson ray who's in a, like a netflix movie okay like that's not what this is about no exactly <laughs> yeah jennifer <laughs> hey Take a back, sit down, get educated. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, maybe like pop in um like a Sir Sharonin movie or something. Like oh, please. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to God, there's like never a good time to talk about a celebrity death. I feel like I always lead I always like lead into that when we're gonna talk about someone. But Aaron Carter passed away this week in no one, like, is really sure if it was, like, a suicide, an accidental suicide, you know. But either way, he was found in his bathtub at home, and he had drowned. And obviously, we know that Aaron Carter has been struggling with substance abuse and mental health issues for years now. And, unfortunately, he just could not beat the demons that he had. And it's really, really sad because he was only 34. I, for some reason, thought he was older than that, but he was only 34. He just had a baby last year with his fiance, I think. So, really terrible. Yeah, I just, I feel like sick thinking about it every time I think about it. Like, I feel just like really gross right now thinking about it. And like, I myself was never like a big Aaron Carter fan because he was a like, famous when we were like not even born and then when yeah. we were like children exactly yeah it <laughs> but, was before like, my our time older, my older brother had an aaron carter cd so i would listen to that sometimes i mean i want candy is iconic um yeah <laughs> i am glad though that the people that he was associated with when he was younger like hillary duff and Lindsay lohan and some other people like that that they made really kind statements about him um, I thought that was really sweet. I feel like they didn't have to, but it was really nice to see that they were still in support of him, even if it wasn't, you know, even at like a distance. Um, yeah. And then I also have been seeing a lot of people on Twitter giving a lot of hate to Nick Carter, who was Aaron Carter's yeah. older brother, for crying at a... Um, is he in the Backstreet Boys or New Kids on the Block? I can never keep it straight. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay. So the Backstreet Boys, you know, they've, you know, have been doing a tour, like tour after tour for how many years now? And like the day or two after Aaron Carter passed, Nick Carter was crying on stage. And I just see a lot of people on Twitter and other social medias giving him a lot of hate for that because, I mean, like I said, Aaron Carter had a lot of mental health issues. He and Nick Carter had to get, like, a restraining order against him because Aaron Carter just made, like, a lot of threats toward him and his family. 
So he did what he had to do, okay, to protect him and his family. But that's still his brother, and he's still allowed to grieve. I agree. And I don't know, like, a whole lot about their relationship, besides, like, what you said. Really, really strained. Yeah, but, like, it seemed like, I guess, Nick Carter said a lot of shitty things about him Mm -hmm. that I wasn't really aware of. I knew they had, like, a bad relationship and restraining orders and things like that, but... um why he's still allowed to grieve i mean the it's entire... still his brother like exactly maybe they, they could have in the next couple of years like they could have reconciled like you never know like what was in somebody's heart like right i mean the the entire situation is sad in general too so he's allowed he's allowed to grieve the loss of his brother grieve the loss of who his brother was when he was growing up you know grieve him as like wow i wish that he like could have just gotten a grip on his life and like better himself like there exactly. there's probably there's so much emotion that goes around the death of someone like a family member especially that you are estranged from and that you're estranged from because of addiction and mental health illness and mental illness reasons like there's just so many like emotions that you battle with i'm sure so can we just like give the man some space and some grace? I mean, it's like, it, like obviously he's gonna be upset about it. Like, right? Would you rather him be like, yeah, I hated my brother. Yeah, that I think that like, would be what, worse. what is he supposed to say? Exactly, that's way worse. <laughs> yeah, I did see those criticisms and just like rolled my eyes. Like, why people on the internet need to take a chill pill sometimes? Like, I know. Especially when it's like has to do with somebody grieving, grieving whatever way he needs to. Like that's his right. brother. No matter what happens, still his brother. It's just unreal to me. Same. So yeah. Um yeah, like still don't know much details about anything that like led up to his death or anything after that, but I'm sure within the next few weeks there'll be a lot more details that come out probably via TMZ, unfortunately. Right. Did you see that there was like a, a memoir that was just released? No. So it's an, it was an unfinished memoir and it just got released to the public. And apparently it had a lot of like kind of crazy stuff in it. It talks about Aaron Carter taking Hillary Doss virginity on her 13th birthday and like weird gross stuff like that and yeah so Hillary Duff is upset about that and then it talks about something with like Michael Jackson about like him being in his underwear and just I guess it talks like a like a lot of disturbing stuff and Wait, it wasn't who, finished but it was published still the memoir I'm trying to figure that out I don't know if it's a memoir some things are calling it a biography some things are calling it a memoir because a memoir isn't that written like by the person it's about yeah it's like an autobiography but it's written like almost like a diary kind of right um i mean it looks like he wrote it really but but you it never was finished so it's like who are you to say that he wanted to publish all of these things you know yeah wait why who who published it um andy simmons was his publisher 
and he worked with Carter for many hours over the course of three years to co-write the book. It's called Aaron Carter, An Incomplete Story of an Incomplete Life. And he said, I feel like I owe it to him to release the parts we did complete. Um, so I a lot think... of people are blasting him because it's yeah. like he could change his mind at any moment. Like you don't know what he really would have wanted. Also, to put that in there about, about Hillary Duff, I think is really, really gross. Yeah. That's not I mean, really Aaron... his story to tell anyways. Right. And like, obviously Aaron Carter was like ill, so maybe he wanted to put that in there. But still, like, you had like, as a book publisher, you had the responsibility to like, of that book. Like, you should not have published that without his like consent. It wasn't done. Right. Yeah. And like so soon after his death, too, that's just a money grab. It hasn't even been a week. Yeah. That is just a money grab, a popularity grab. That's gross. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I did not. I was not aware of this. Yeah. This is like brand new. (laughs) Ew. Well, that makes me feel a little nauseous. Um, okay. On that note, God, I hate that. I want to, I, is it just like out to the public? Like it's on like the internet? Um, I think so. I don't know. All it's hard to tell because it's like every headline is talking about Hillary Duff. I mean, it looks like it was released. So I'm assuming you can just go buy it or something. Oh God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. On that note, I say we move on to Selena Gomez. And I'm sorry, I don't know this girlie's name, Francia something. <laughs> that's fine. I don't I don't really have any desire to like look it up to be honest. And that's lazy that's... podcasting, but whatever. That's exactly um, how I feel. <laughs> okay, great. Um so you know, Selena Gomez's new um new documentary came out recently and she was doing she's been doing a lot of press for it. And in one of the interviews that she did, she was like, you know, I've never, I never really like fit in with like the cool girls of Hollywood. My only real friend in the industry is Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. And then Miss Francia something comes along who isn't and who is in the industry. She has been in Secret Life of the American Teenager. She was in Grownish. She was in Life Size 2. Okay. She has quite the resume <laughs> but this girlie comes along and she's like um wow i literally gave you my kidney and you have the nerve to say that we're not friends <laughs> and i would be a little upset too okay if i gave someone a body part of mine an organ that i had to go under the knife for and then they have the nerve to be like you know like we're just like not really friends i would be right and I, I don't think Selena meant it like bad, but they probably, she just, ugh, I know it's awkward because the girl gave her a kidney, but at the same time, yeah. I feel like she just like, Taylor Swift is the first one in the industry that pops in your mind. So she just set her, you know, Yeah, like my, I only, mean- my only real friend in the industry. Cause like this girl's in the industry, but like not in the same way. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean- feel like it was not meant to be offensive. But I don't also don't like the way that this girl handled it. Like responding to the like posting, responding to the Instagram post. 
Like, yeah. if you really were that good of friends, be like, hey, I'm kind of hurt by this. Well, yeah, then Selena Gomez was like, sorry, I didn't list off everyone I know. <laughs> she was being petty, so I was like, clearly there's something went on between the two. Well, behind actually, the scenes. I heard, like, because Selena Gomez had the kidney transplant, like, years ago. Like, right. I want to say, like, four or five years ago at this point. It's been, like, a little while. But then, like, a year or two after the transplant, I heard that they did have a falling out. Mm. No one knows why or, like, what it was about. But I just, like, cannot imagine having a falling out with someone who literally gave me an organ. Right. (laughs) It's insane. Like, like, what are you fighting about? You saved my life. What are we fighting about? True. I feel like I need to know. Yeah, because, like, if they were still, like, good friends... Selena probably would have mentioned her. And then I wouldn't think that this girl would be just commenting on her Insta. Right. And it must have been a bad falling out because Selena Gomez is not usually like petty like that. That's like, she's not known for doing that. She just like, Mm. she'll just won't say anything at all. Like the most she'll say is that she'll like beat around the bush about it. Like the whole thing with Hailey Bieber, like she would sometimes be like, yeah, someone recently like made a comment about me and but then she'll like turn it around and be like i'm not gonna like attack them because i you know i uplift women i only like support women like don't want to drag them down and but in this case right she like had to she did not take the high road she's not killing them with kindness like her song (laughs) she she is not (laughs) so yeah i really need to know what went on because they like this girl saved her life (laughs) and now yeah not friends like (laughs) what happened so kind of crazy yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) um and then before we get into our toast and our roast this is just something funny that we have to mention and judge judy like made a comment to like some i don't know whatever outlet it was saying that her and justin bieber like used to live in like the same building or something and she said that Justin Bieber was, like, so terrified of her that he would pay the doorman to let him know when she was coming and going so they didn't have to run into each other. What the fuck? What did he think that she was going to do to him? This is, like, the funniest bit of news I've ever heard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's true, but, like, why would she make this up? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, she at least thinks it's true. <laughs> But, like, what, like, what was he so afraid of? I mean, the way Judge Judy is on TV is probably not how she is in real life. <laughs> no, I've seen other things with her. She's, like, not. She's probably, mean, like, a I normal person. She just plays, like, she plays a character, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, you're a grown man. Why are you running away from this old lady? Like, what's she going to say to you? <laughs> yeah, like, pull up your pants. Like, that'll be it. <laughs> exactly i don't know that was just so funny we had to bring it up yeah just (laughs) all right let's get into our toast and the roast you can take it away okay my roast goes to rain wilson or should i say (laughs) rainfall heat wave extreme winter (laughs) so rain wilson (laughs) who is best known for playing Dwight in The Office, has just changed his name to 
just what I said, rainfall, heat wave, extreme winter, to protest climate change. Thank God we have him. <laughs> where, <laughs> where would we be without <laughs> rainfall, heat wave, extreme winter <laughs> to save the day? Like that is the definition of performative. <laughs> I don't know I, if he's doing anything else, but this is, there's no need. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I like read about it and it's like, it's not like government official that he changed his name. He just like changed it on like a climate activist, like name generator website. Well, that's even worse. And, yeah. And, um, but that's what he wants to, to go by now. <laughs> like um, what what is that gonna do <laughs> nothing yeah it's gonna exactly. make people laugh at you and we're gonna actually forget about climate change because we're gonna be so busy laughing at your stupid fucking name all of these like climate activists out here like throwing tomato soup at art and like like gluing their head to art and changing their name like on a whim that does nothing for climate activism it does nothing but get people to be like what the actual fuck is going on and then people forget about like the actual cause of like why you're doing it so how about we just like start fundraisers like get people to call their senators and congress people get people out there during protests like there's so many other ways to actually make a change and to like get the word out besides doing these stupid things yeah 100 agree like you're not solving anything by doing this it it's just stupid and we don't need to ruin art in the process. Like, Please right. stop. Yeah, that is that is the most annoying thing. And it's just like, I feel like all this stuff just gives like right-wing, like climate change deniers, like more of a reason to not fight for climate change because of like, oh, it just like gives them more of an excuse to be like, ah, oh, these liberal snowflakes are so crazy. They have no respect for anyone, Bob. You know what I mean? It just gives them a reason yes. more to continue ammo. like- mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's more ammo, like to take to not take the cause seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, don't act like this. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're literally not doing anything. You're, no. you're just ugh. like this. This is a headline from the Onion. This is not real. This should not be real. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? That's what I've been saying for the past like three, four years about every headline. <laughs> Like, it should be from The Onion, but unfortunately, it's from CNN. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, yeah. That was just stupid. I I don't know. <laughs> All right. And my toast goes to Pokemon slash Ash Ketchum. <laughs> wow, because <okay. laughs> after 25 years, Ash Ketchum has finally become the world's greatest Pokemon trainer. And I could not be happier. <laughs> um, Finally. I, I love Pokemon. I'm not, like, obsessed, but I buy a lot of the games. I've played most of them since I, like, could play video games. I've played, like, almost every single Pokemon game. Not, like, a mega fan. I'm not watching the TV show still. But it has a very, like... I have a fondness for Pokemon. It's got a place <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> so the fact that Ash Ketchum has finally reached his goal, you know, got to be the very best. 
so happy for him. <laughs> Just makes Wait, my, like, five-year-old heart melt. <laughs> how did this become official? Um, he, like, finally won, like, uh, what's it called? He finally, like, became the Pokemon champion. He defeated the other one. He's never, like, made it that far in all the other ones. Wow, congratulations. Because, like, Ash is, like, it's each Pokemon series, it's been, like, 25 years since, like, started, like, 97, 98, something like that. Um, so each um, series is, like, a progression. It's not, like, new series. So, like, it's the same Pikachu and same, like, Ash. So he started off, like, he was really shitty in the original Pokemon. Like, he, he got his ass kicked all the time. <laughs> he did not do well. So, like... <laughs> It took a long time for him to get where he is, which I kind of appreciate, but 25 years is kind of excessive. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, you know what, though? Slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Like, I don't know how you could still be watching it after 25 years if he never achieved his goal. Like, that seems like seems a little excessive. <laughs> but I'm just very happy. That's just like, oh, how sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> All right, my roast goes to Peacock for giving Casey Anthony a platform to say, just a platform. They are releasing a documentary soon um, about Casey Anthony and it's from Casey Anthony's point of view about everything that happened during her trial. And I just don't understand why. Why are we hearing from this monster? Why are we giving her any kind of platform? And why are we doing it on such a big one like Peacock? Right. I, yeah, why is NBC giving her this platform? Like one of the biggest media giants in the world. <laughs> I hate that. I thought it was it's a joke at gross. Yeah, we don't need to hear from her. No, nope, I'm good on that. I am, I still, after I remember being like how old are we like eight years old nine years old when the trial probably happened. we were young i i honestly remember like watching the trial with my parents and when she was found not guilty like it was just nine-year-old me was in disbelief <laughs> right. i remember so many details about that trial and so did my parents that was like that was like our oj yeah trial and everything that was our oj simpson trial yeah um, i didn't follow it that much but i i know my parents did and i remember like like at school we were like in fourth grade or something talking about it yeah like my classmates and i yeah <laughs> like, i know <laughs> Literally. insane it was that big and i don't know anybody who thinks she's not guilty <laughs> Yeah, so why are we giving her a documentary about her explaining about how she's still not guilty? Like, you somehow escaped being in prison for the rest of your life. So why don't you just go live in a hole somewhere, never to be heard or seen from again? That's fine with yeah. you. Goodbye. Agreed. It's like, it's like the story's done. We already, whatever, you're not guilty. I don't want to think about you again. It's over. And most importantly, let that little girl just, like, rest in peace. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, makes me sick. Yeah. And, like, give her parents some peace because they were dragged into it. And it was a whole thing. Um, yeah. I think that's 
I think that case really made me very interested in criminal justice, though. So there you go. <laughs> um, anyways, fuck Peacock for that, though. That's just insane to me that they would put in any amount of money to give this woman some place to speak. But whatever, I will not be watching. Um, my toast goes to the cast of Laguna Beach, specifically Stephen Coletti, Kristen Cavallari, and Lauren Conrad. So Kristen and Stephen started a podcast, um, probably like two months ago, maybe at this point. And it's called Back to the Beach, where they just like go back and watch episodes of Laguna Beach. And they talk about like their feelings about it. And just like recap the episode and like talk about like what happened behind the scenes and stuff. I love it because I love Laguna Beach. I think I've like said this on the show before, but like when it, when Laguna Beach and the Hills originally were on, we were like kind of too young for it. But the summer going into sixth grade, they replayed every episode like in the mornings and I would get up early in the summer to watch them. And I've loved it ever since. And I love this podcast. And they invited Lauren Conrad on for the latest episode. And I love Lauren Conrad. I feel like a lot of people just like have a special place in their heart for Lauren Conrad. People that like watch the show. Yeah, it was just like really cool to like hear her perspective and like understand that this show was like 90% fake. (laughs) And yeah, because like Lauren Conrad, like, never really does press she like never really talks about the hills or laguna beach or anything like that but just like hear them talk about it like so fondly and like they all still get along and like they're all like they don't like see each other like they're not like close friends but like they also have like a bond you know and that was just nice to hear yeah (laughs) i see you post i've seen you posting about it um i think and i don't really understand it Besides, like, knowing who Lauren Conrad is. (laughs) Um, Um, I mean, like, long long story short, in Laguna Beach, there was, like, a storyline. There was, like, a love triangle between those three. Ah, okay. So, and, like, Chris and Lauren were, like, supposed to be, like, the enemies of the show. But it was, like, never really like that in real life. So, Mm, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Well... I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. It was really a moment for me. I'm sure it was a moment for a lot of millennials. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Because my cousin, who's like, I don't know, she's like the same age as them, like in their mid 30s. She like messaged me about it. And I was like, yeah, girly, I know. I freaked out too. And you know, obviously I didn't, like I said, didn't watch it when it was like actually premiering. But I did right. get up. I was dedicated the summer going into sixth grade to watching it every morning in the hills every morning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's um, like it's not something a 10 year old would like normally care about. And that's so funny to me. Yeah, I know. But I just <laughs> me and reality TV, you know, we've always been tight. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before like streaming services and everything, because now I can just hop on Hulu and watch the hills to my heart content mm-hmm. but yeah yeah we need to watch episodes to... out of order you could get them when you get when you could get them <laughs> yep exactly exactly <laughs> all right that just about does it you guys know where to find us on instagram at popping off about pop culture you can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts 
Um, give us a five-star rating anywhere you can do that. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell a stranger on the street. Congratulations to Michigan for, uh, you know, we got Gretchen Whitmer back. We passed um, reproductive rights. We flipped the Senate and the Congress to- And Dana, Ness Dana Nessel. Oh, Dan Nessel and Jocelyn Benson. We got them in their respective positions. And the state and the state Senate and Congress both flipped to blue. Love it. Love to see it. Love that so many people our age went and turned out the vote. So honestly, we owe it to ourselves. <laughs> Love just that. Patted myself us. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, um, yeah, just a reminder that when it's time to vote, get your ass out and vote. Educate yourself. Read up. Don't listen to Fox News and Facebook. Please do your research. Please, you know, just do your part. It's really just a small part you can do, and it can make a huge, huge difference. Right. So. Yeah. I was very relieved. I don't know about you, but I was very relieved. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I wasn't worried for some reason. I just I just felt like things were going to happen. I don't know. Well, they good did, for so. you. <laughs> good for you. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't stressed for some reason. I was also like in the middle of like my work shifts when everything like I had like I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like all day. So I feel like I didn't have time to be worried those days. So I think that's also it. <laughs> Okay, well. Anyway. Huzzah, I didn't, Michigan. Have, to, I didn't have to be worried, so. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. See ya.